Hello, everyone. Welcome to Setter Talk. I am your host, Kyle Warren. Our guest on the show today is Chewy Garcia of Cassius Setters. Hey, Chewy, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Um, why don't you just introduce yourself to our listeners, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Well, I'm uh, Chewy Garcia. Uh, we have uh, Cash Setters now. Um, we uh, got into Llewellyn's probably 2001 is when we first started with them. And we uh, just loved the breed, you know, just loved everything about them, just knew that's what, what was the right fit for us. So uh, we just do a lot of pheasant hunting here in Iowa. Uh, during the fall, we do a lot of traveling out west, uh, whether it's North Dakota, Badlands, Wyoming, Montana. Uh, made a trip up to Alaska. So kind of go all over and hunt different species with the pups. Cool, cool. Um, uh, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was certainly your bread and butter, um, pheasant hunting in Iowa. Uh, mm -hmm. if you could, um, could you kind of elaborate, uh, for us on, you know, the, the challenges and, and what the dogs need to be very effective? Um, you know, I know, you know, you spend, we talk all the time and you spend, uh, <laughs> every free moment you can, uh, when you're not working or with the family out with the dogs in the field. So give us a little, um, uh, perspective on, on your hunting roosters in Iowa. A lot of area that we hunt is public. So uh, of course it gets a lot of pressure. So like with, um, we get out there, uh, those birds are running. So you gotta kind of come up with a good game plan, you know, or try to on the fly with it. Um, Birds can be tough. Um, even on the cold days, they're they're running. So the dogs, they got to work good. Um, got to be cautioned with their nose. Um, understand when the they're getting out of range. I Meaning the roosters are running up ahead. So you'll see the dogs kind of break away a little bit, uh, pick up the pace a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. I run braces most of the time. So try to find that good brace where you got one tracker. Um, probably one true dog, if you could, you know, um, generally that true dog's going to whip around, try to pin that bird for you. We, uh, we hunt a lot of, a lot of heavy cover. seems like we're, uh, rough grouse hunting a lot when we're, uh, <laughs> pheasant hunting, you know, I send you those photos all the time. We're in the, the willows and, yeah. uh, down cover, you know, um, but it seems like we find the, find the mature birds there, you know, I don't think many people hit it. So that's kind of one of our, our areas that we do touch. We see a nasty area in the field, and we're going to go for it. Um, there's a lot of times we're walking in water up to our hips early season. You know, we had a wet summer or whatnot. And so we have a couple pair of clothes in the truck that we keep with us if needed. But, um, yeah, it's fun. It's tough um, on uh, public ground, but uh, we love it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um as far as Iowa goes, uh, I mean, you just mentioned willows, um, but uh, obviously there's a lot of corn in Iowa. <laughs> um, can you just uh, kind of give us uh, an idea of uh, the type of cover, the, the the size of your hunt areas, you know, and uh, just the overall access or availability to what you're working? Yeah, you know, generally all the public ground, they, 
they give you a good uh, driveway up to it. Um, there's usually row crops on the side of it, whether it's corn or beans with it. Um, hunt a lot of heavy grass that's rolled over. Um, get down into the wet areas, you're hitting cattails and um, your uh, see like your waterways and your ditches, you'll see grasses on the sides of them. Uh, you want to, we try to pay attention to those as much as possible, drainage ditches with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. The, uh, you know, here in New York, uh, when look talking about rough grouse hunting, you know, we got all these pocket covers and these pocket covers, you know, sometimes they might be Heck, even as little as 10 acres, uh, uh, depending, you know, we might have a huge tract of, uh, state land or, or city land, um, uh, or even private land for that matter that, that, uh, you know, I'm allowed to hunt and there's not going to, you know, might be a 500 acre farm, but there might only be 10 acres of cover, you know, or sure. here, you know, an abandoned farmland, you know, we're working, uh, you know, stone walls that are loaded with hawthorn and, um, you know, dogwood tangles and some ancient apple trees, uh, hopefully with some conifers nearby, but you know, I might, I might walk a few miles and we're talking, I'm really hunting an area that's 50 feet wide sometimes because it's all the, all the dense growth around the stone walls, something like that. So might be a 500 acre farm with 10 to 30 acres, of grouse cover, um, but yeah, our covers here are generally these pocket covers where um, there's not a ton of places where you're going to be in a cover for more than an hour or an hour and a half before you have to get in the truck and potentially drive sometimes another hour to get to a place where you can have an equivalent or even lesser hunt in terms of time. Um, is that kind of the same thing in Iowa in terms of you got you got public land, that's what you're mostly working, but uh, what kind of acreage are you are you guys usually... Uh, working in terms of these fields and draws and stuff so there's a lot of seems like there's a lot of fields that are probably within maybe 20 25 minutes um a lot of your fields are probably i'm gonna say somewhere around 100 acres um maybe even getting up into two 250 and they're usually squared off so you got a pretty good pretty good run there so you're gonna spend a couple hours at each one generally hmm. um there are some smaller ones that are maybe 50 60 acres that we we hit but um there's also some big ones that you can spend three days with you know um you get up kind of the, the big park areas and there's just thousands of acres there but it, we try to try to hit right probably right around the 200 acre um, fields yeah. it just seems uh -huh. like you can kind of watch your dog a little bit better and um get them uh rounded up a little bit more yeah yeah as far as birds. you know Something that uh, uh, just recently last year and especially this year that uh, I, I've been a lot more assertive about just going with the idea of the worst thing they're going to say is no, um, is asking um, uh, private landowners about uh, hunting on their properties, whether I, uh, you know, pay them to, to, to hunt there, you know, or give them birds that I harvest there. Uh, there, in New York, there's, you know, I would, I would say most definitely the, uh, the, the prime, uh, grouse hunting habitat today in New York state is, is largely on, uh, private farms. 
uh, or just large tracts of land that used to be farms. And a lot of people, I don't think, hunt them. So, um, sure. you know, uh, being in upstate New York, uh, where I'm at in the Catskills, uh, where I do the uh, bulk of my hunting uh, all over the region, uh, you know, I, this year I've, I've hunted more private land uh, than uh, I ever have before. Um, you know, while I've definitely expanded this, this season for myself with um, lots of public land that I hadn't uh, found or driven to, uh, you know, my, my, my honey holes this year, I've certainly been much more so largely on private land that I've never hunted before because I looked up who owned the properties as I'm driving by my other hunt areas and, and uh, asked for permission. And I, I got a few yeses and a lot of no's, um, but it proved to be very fruitful. Um, do you and guys, you know, uh, you guys work that angle at all in Iowa? Cause I'm sure it's the same thing. You got a lot of public land, but even more good private land. Yeah. There's some areas that are, are really nice for, for private, you know, where we got a, a uncle in the family. It's got some really nice groomed pheasant land up there. Oh, about three hours from us. We like to try to make a trip too. Um, but as, as far as, uh, going and asking on doors, you know, we, we say we're going to do it every every spring or every summer you know but we just never do um yeah. <laughs> and i'm sure you're gonna get a little uh far more no's than yeses but uh uh-huh uh yeah it's just one thing we keep saying we're gonna do every year but we never do it and uh we just keep finding new uh public ground to hit you know we don't we don't generally hunt the same one uh back to back um when we are hunting public land so we're kind of keeping it try to keep it fresh from us you know we may hit it twice a year um yeah with it yeah that's um, funny you know I, that, I i i think the you know i hear all these stories all the time i've never hunted uh farther out west like montana and I, I know you've hunted a lot of these states out there and uh ranchers and landowners out there you know seem to have as long as you're respectful a much more open door policy than uh the further east you go um on sure. private land that's for sure Obviously, the tracks of land are much larger too, but yeah, um, that here and so, uh, yeah, on a lot of our public land here, that pheasant forever, they do a lot of a lot of grooming for as far as planting uh, sorghum and even some beans in there, you know, for the birds. So mm-hmm. it kind of keeps it nice and fun, keeps the birds coming back, staying with yeah. it. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about your dogs uh, and uh, your operation. Um, you know, I, I know uh, we've been friends for a number of years now, and uh, you got two young boys. I got two young girls, um, and uh, your boys are <laughs> the age now. I know they're <laughs> quite involved in uh, more good ways than, than bad with the dogs. Um, but uh, why don't you just tell, tell us a little bit more about your operation with the dogs? Yeah. So. Um... We started off with two. Now we got ten. Uh, seems dogs, like it just keeps is, right? growing. Not kids. <laughs> yeah, d- dogs. Too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, everyone's a part of it. It even goes to my brother, my mom, and my dad. Um, Mandy, there's nights when I'm working nights at work, and she's delivering puppies. You know, so uh, <laughs> she's up all night delivering puppies and going to work the next day. Uh, <laughs> So it's, uh, the boys, they're, they're constantly involved with the puppies, uh, part of it, probably more so than the training nowadays. Um, puppies, they love them, you know, they're rolling around with them, 
from day one, it seems like. Uh, awesome. Social. Lies in with the pups, you know. Um, they get them out, play, take them out when they get six, seven weeks old, you know, out in the grass. Um, yeah, no, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. You know, my, my oldest one is younger than your guys, but, uh, Lacey, she's, should be three in June. And, uh, with the litters we got on the ground now, you know, you know, check on Mimi, you know, it's the first thing she says in the morning. We go, <laughs> we go, you know, I carry her downstairs, you know, uh, sit her in the welcome box. The pups now they're, they're four weeks old, the ones we got on the ground. And, um, you know, as soon as she sits down, you know, every morning, I want a pup. I want a pup. Of course, now they're running over to her, but, you know, it's a pup yeah. on her lap and it's, uh, definitely good for the kids and definitely good for the puppies. And, uh, I've enjoyed over the years watching, uh, you know, your kids with the, with the pups and, uh, you know, it's just been a, uh, a real, real, real heartwarming kind of like, you know, you're sitting there looking at the dogs with the kids when everything's going right. And you're, uh, <laughs> you're saying, uh, you know, oh, wow, this is great. And then, uh, you know, we've talked about how, um, you know, you, you, uh, I think you're telling me a story, something about, uh, 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 some quail you had picked up one time, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We just went and picked some quail up due for, uh, for some training for us. You know, we were going to put them in launchers and work the young dogs. So, I mean, we probably spent a couple hours getting ready with all this, you know, getting the quail, getting the dogs loaded up. And we get out to the field and Grayson, he opens up the hatch of the quail and there, there they all go. All 50 <laughs> quail are just flying. So we got to work a couple pups in a really small chaos area, you know. But, uh, yeah, there's yeah. been multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm always saying for as much patience as you need to have with, uh, dogs and training dogs, uh, you need 10 times more patience when you're training dogs with young children. That's for sure. Yeah. I had a video just pop up on uh, Facebook recently and I was working, uh, Jilly. She was probably maybe 13 weeks old and I had a pigeon out there. She's locked up. It, slowly here comes Sawyer on his hands and knees crawling up you know he crawls up right in front of Jilly and the bird and I'm like trying to be quiet and get him out of there instead of just launching the bird you know but uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's always something yeah yeah no sure is sure is um so let's talk about uh setter puppies um yeah you know I know I know you have a litter on the ground it's just a, a week old or a little more than that something like that now and um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you and I were always talking about how, uh, when we're looking at a pup, you know, oh, I like this pup or I like that pup. And, um, uh, when you're holding back a pup and, you know, let's just say we're looking at them, you know, looking to get everybody else their puppies and, uh, hoping that we're holding back one that might make the cut and, uh, you know, stick around and not be sold as a starter dog, but, um, stay in our program. Um, you know, we're probably talking like that six to 10 week marker, you know, we usually like to get them out, you know, 10 weeks or even sometimes a little before if we made up our mind. But, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about your, um, you know, your, your observations, your assessments when we're talking, uh, you know, puppies in that six to 10 week old bracket before, uh, they're going to go home and you make your decisions. So I, uh, a lot of it is, you know, I, I tell you is the look, you know, they just got that look and they're looking at you right in the eyes and you just see them sitting there. And, uh, I, I tend to concentrate more on that pup, you know, um, mm -hmm. I do a lot of fetch work with them when they're at that age. 
I throw something out, whether it's a towel or a feather, um, a pheasant wing with it, you know, um, I take them for walks out in the, out in the country there, you know, so kind of seeing their like boldness, you could say with it. Um, they're going to attack the world attitude. Um, a lot of it just, it always goes back to the look, you know, everything that I can sit there, write down, this is what I want to look at. This is what I want to look at. It's always that look that they have, uh, right in their eyes. And it's been very, very lucky for me, you know, um, yeah. with it. Um, yeah. It, you, you know, you call me crazy all the time, but, um, like Jilly Bean, for instance, I had her picked out from day one, you know? Yeah. You're the, it, it just you're going to start, uh, uh, buying my lotto tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's God, crazy. I love this, you know? I love this pup. I love this pup. It's. How old is she, Chewy? Three days old. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's crazy. It really is. Um, yeah. But, you know, a lot of it's just like their manners, how they carry themselves. Um, you can see if they're kind of cautious at that age, you know, when they something new pops up, whether it's a butterfly or, or a noise over here, you know. So that, yep. that's some of the stuff that you look at, too. Yeah, I've always, um, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, for we like as much as possible to, you know, be as objective as we can, you know, but just like all of our, uh, puppy people, you know, you, you get attached to, you know, looks as well sometimes, especially when they remind you of some of your other great dogs that you've had or have, you know, and, um, sure. so, sometimes I wish we just, uh, bred like chocolate labs, you know, <laughs> so everybody was, <laughs> uh, just like, you know, not like, you know, uh, patch crazy, you know, all the time. Um, right. but, uh, yeah, for me, I've always felt like, you know, that, that six months, they really start to, uh, behave, a, uh, a lot differently from one another and are really acting like little pups. And, you know, if I'm holding them back, I, I, I you know, I, I might try to hold them back until they're 10 weeks old or so and try to get them out the door. Um, uh, you know, so people can start forming their bonds with their, with their pups, but, yeah, I, I like uh, you know all the things that all the things that you said. Um, and we we we've, we've joked about how uh, you know you're uh, you're you're the laid back guy that 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 likes the rammer jammer puff, and I'm the intense guy that likes the laid back dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that's crazy, what, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's quite comical, but but true in a lot of ways. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we've hunted over each other's each other's dogs extensively, and uh, you know. We pretty much like them all, but you know we have our uh, we have our comfort zones and preferences. That's for sure. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I like. Uh, I really, I really love to see the the dog that is, uh, you know, all the things that you said, but also hyper focused on people. You know, I just, I, I, sure. I really, uh, I like to sit down. And of course, this this breed is highly social, if socialized, and um, uh, you know. Very, very much a great family dog naturally, but I, I just, I love to see that those pups that are, you know, constantly engaging, uh, with people, you know, um, and, uh, we'll go out and play with their litter mates and then run right back over to you and hang out with you and, you know, kind of watch everybody else. Um, but yeah, that look, that look means a lot, you know, all the dogs I've gone and flown all over the country and to, to see over the years, um, uh, I got to say, while I, I pretty much always stay there for at least uh, two days, often up to four days, uh, Sess and Litters, so I'm not judging a book by its cover. 
I really got to say that, uh, honestly, probably in the after five minutes tops, uh, even if I'm staying there for four days, I end up going home with the puppy that I made up my mind within the first five minutes, you know, and, uh, sure. you know, it's just, you know, they come and they look at you a certain way. They carry themselves a certain way. Um, sometimes it's hard to describe, but, um, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, run us through your, run us through your, uh, your, your string of dogs you have right now and just, just give us a, you know, you know, quick, uh, five, 10 seconds on each one. So we got, uh, our Jess, she's our oldest. She just turned nine. Um, super dog, you know, a very true dog. She's, uh, when I say true dog, when she locks up, she's going to produce a bird, you know, she's a big yeah. tracker with it, you know, just an easy going girl. Um, everyone falls in love with her. Uh, drop down to Jack man. He's just turning, he's eight years old now. Um, he just, a dog that's going to go hunt, find you a bird and, uh, give you a shot opportunity every time, you know, he's very cautious with it. Um, just a, just a bird finding machine. You know, he lives for it. Uh, drop down to his son, pal and pal's very similar. You know, he can, uh, he's got a little bit more go in him, but, uh, he's also got a, uh, I think a little bit better nose at times, you know, he's a, a very solid boy. He hits scent. He's, he's stopping, you know, he's going to, there's going to be a bird there. Um, we got Jewel. Uh, she's a very easy going girl, you know, out in the field, very delicate, you know, kind of nice prance out there. Looks all high class when she's running, you know, um, <laughs> real prissy, prissy like, you know, uh, <laughs> Just a, just a super girl, fun girl to watch. You know, every, everyone loves her. Um, uh, then we go into uh, uh, Jilly. And uh, Jilly's just been, a, she's two years old now and just been a phenomenal girl, you know, from day one. Like I said, I, I picked her from day one. And yeah. uh, just been uh, very happy with her. Um, we got, uh, uh, oh, there's so many, Kyle. Um, we got Hobby Boy. Got Hobby Boy. Um, he's out of Jess and, uh, Felix and, uh, he's coming around really well. You know, he's a very soft pup. Um, mm -hmm. but he's starting to get a real nice prey drive in the field. He's got an awesome nose, super retrieve. Um, he honors nice and just a smooth pup out there in the field working, you know, um, drop down to, uh, Jersey, uh, Jersey's too. She's really been coming on really well. She's a, she joined the guide string this year. She's doing doing a really nice job. I really like her uh, style of hunt. Um, uh, we got jams. Uh, she's our, our smallest girl. Uh, she's probably about, Oh, probably 25, 27 pounds, somewhere around there, but just a lot of heart. You know, she's just working her, her tail off just to get you a bird. And, uh, she does a good job. She gets a little excited at times with it, but doing a, doing a great job with everything. Yeah. Um, we got, we got Hefe we're bringing up. Um, he's been doing some really nice stuff. I like the way he runs. He's, he's similar to Javi, which he kind of should be, uh, considering his pedigree. Um, he's doing a, a good job out there and hopefully we'll get him ready to rock and roll for next season. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's good. I just wanted to make sure that you didn't have a uh, dementia or Alzheimer's. So you remembered all that. So that's good. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. The roll, roll I'll call, you, right? Yeah. I'll tell you some days I wonder. It, it could be coming close. <laughs> yes. Well, this is not uh this isn't always the uh the game for the sane. That is for sure. Um, yeah. 
So uh, 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 take a minute and, and just tell us about, uh, um, you know, I, I always I always hate being asked this question because of me. I, I feel like when I when I pick a dog um it, it it in the person's eyes that i'm that i'm uh uh you know telling it to uh makes my other dogs sound lesser and i understand it could be <laughs> splitting hairs and that they're all different all right um yeah and we enjoy being out with every one of the dogs and i've been out with you with every one of those dogs you just described um mm -hmm. uh but if you it, you know in terms of if you have a favorite or at least one of your favorites why don't you just tell us you know your 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 wheelhouse, you know, I mean, you, you, you've hunted a ton of species with a lot of dogs uh, of yours, but uh, your wheelhouse is your Iowa roosters. You know, um, if, uh, uh, if you're, if you're going to go out and, you know, the conditions are, are not favorable um, for bird hunting and you're, you're looking for your, your most reliable, most favorite dog to work with that you feel like, you know, you're going to be able to get that dog to get a point on a rooster, to get one in the bag, uh, which dog is it? And just describe that dog a little bit more in depth for me. <laughs> that is a, you know, that's a tough one. You know, <laughs> Everybody always asks me their... that question. So now I'm in a position I get to ask it to somebody else. I love it. <laughs> well, I like, I like hearing your answer better. Oh, so, um, uh, it, it's going to be Jack, man. You know, that, that guy we've been through a lot. And uh, he's produced a lot of birds, and he's got just a just a knack going out there and pinning birds down. You know, um, mm -hmm. he runs a little harder at times. You know, he's uh, up there about seven eight miles an hour, but the guy is just a bird finding machine. And it, it, I tell you, it's almost like he puts them in a trance. You know, there's sometimes we're working with the wind to our face. You know, and he just whips around, lays down, and the bird's right there. You know. And yeah. we got the wind, wind in our favor, and he's he's tracking good, you know. Um, I'll I'll tell you a short story about him one day, and it just uh, just amazed me. And some people don't believe it, but I got a witness with me uh, that was there, a good friend of mine. Uh, Jack got on a track, and we're working this this little small patch of grass. We we're on some private ground, and he's tracking, tracking, tracking. And Kyle, there's there's hens flying up you know, <laughs> off to my right, off to my left. And I'm thinking, oh, what is this guy doing? You know, this isn't him. You know, he kept tracking. I bet he tracked for about 200 yards. And, you know, we got a rooster at the end of that. And he was just on that rooster. He knew it was a rooster. That's what we put in the bag. And, yeah, it, it was awesome. It was something yeah, to see. You're telling me that, uh, you know, he's, you know, some of your dogs. Is it Jewel, the other dog that can really seem to focus on the roosters? I think yeah, you're telling seen, me. Jack and yeah. Jewel, I shoot more roosters over. Yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's interesting for for sure. Well, that brings me to my next uh, my next question for you. Um, uh, I'll I'll let you answer before I answer it, and that's uh, <laughs> if you if you <laughs> if um, if you had to pick only three traits, three things that you feel would be the most important thing in your setter with the hunting that you do, um. You know, what would those three traits or things be? Um, you know, obviously we got a whole long list and everybody's looking for that perfect dog that that is a total package. And, and uh, you know, as as breeders, you know, um, we, we certainly should be doing that. Um, uh, but if you had to just pick three traits or things uh, in your dog, um, well, what would it be? 
I can't just answer just Jack and Jewel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, um, uh, probably like their nose, I would say, uh-huh. and their cautiousness with it, you know. Um, I also like kind of a bold pup out there with it, out in the field, you know, with some nice stamina added uh-huh. to it. Um, intelligence, you know, because it seems like you got to change your game plan up uh, all the time when you're hunting birds, you know. Sometimes you get a wind shift or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, those would probably be three. So, you so know, those, it, those, those, those would be your multiples of three then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, oh, man, it's, it's hard. That's a it's tough hard, one. Uh, yeah. you know. We're always looking for you know, that total package uh, thing. But, I mean, yeah, certainly, you know, is- I heard you know, nose, confidence, you know, uh, intelligence, stamina. I mean, these are all things that are always talked about, right? I mean, for me, yeah, um, sure. Yeah, what you should say. Uh, of course, health is always there in the in the beginning of it, you know. But if you're out in the field and you got your pup there, uh, that's that's probably one of the things I'm paying attention to when we're wild bird hunting with it. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, those multiple threes. <laughs> yeah, those multiple threes. I mean, if I had to narrow it down to just three, always splitting hair in terms of the order. But for me. Um, it would definitely be in this order. Um, I would say intelligence, cooperation, knows. I mean, for me, you know, even, uh, 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 you know, you had mentioned, um, uh, I mean, pal, as you know, pal is one of my favorite dogs that you have. Um, but, uh, you, you know, you mentioned how pal might have a stronger nose than Jack, right? Um, mm-hmm. but Jack's your go-to dog, you know, I, when I think, uh, uh, dogs uh, of my own that have, uh, you know, they all have good noses. Some have fantastic noses, but you know, one of my more averaged nose dogs uh, is Omimi. Um, mm-hmm. But she's one of the very, very best dogs I have. You know, just an unbelievable. Oh, she's my dog, girl. You know, yeah. No, I mean yeah. everybody. She's everybody's favorite. Almost uh, that hunts over her. You know, and she does yep. not have the same caliber nose as uh, several of my others for sure. Um, but that 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 does not affect her uh, her performance. You know, her intelligence is there and her cooperation is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, nose cooperation uh, uh, and uh, well, intelligence cooperation and nose, I would say, is my order. Obviously, yeah, if we want to add to that list, you know, stamina, you know, is important and a mm-hmm. bunch of other things that make the list a longer list of three, I guess. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, that's something I want to ask everybody on the show when they're when we're talking setters is give me, give me, just give me a short list, three words. What is it? You know, um, because there's so many things that we, uh, that we can add to this. What makes a great dog, um, uh, guiding. I know, uh, uh, for a number of years now, you've been doing some guiding and, uh, mm-hmm. at two different places and one more recently. Um, but, uh, just, uh, uh, tell us quickly, uh, about, um, you know, about your guiding, career here yeah so uh we enjoy it you know you get to meet all kinds of different people um get stories and whatnot you know some that you can bs in the field with some you can't so we've been at face for probably probably going on eight years now eight and a half years um mm-hmm. this just locally here where we live you know it's about 10 minutes from the kennel um just this year we started hunting here at uh it's highland hunts up in uh, Riverside, Iowa, 
and uh very uh very awesome place to be you know we're very fortunate to be there uh been trying to get there for a couple of years now trying to get it in and was just fortunate enough to get a call this year and see if we were interested in it um just like everything up there the birds are wild you know it's a it's a hunt when you go there so uh yeah. get to meet people from everywhere like i said you know so it's a it's fun enjoyed a lot yeah. cool from what I hear, it sounds like uh, the setters are making a name for themselves with all the versatile dogs. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of short hairs up there. Uh, yeah, awesome guides. You know, everyone up there's just great people, guides, yeah. uh, uh, hunters, cool. and uh, yeah, awesome. Well, Chu, um, it's been uh, it's been uh, great having you on the show, and we're gonna have you back a lot in the future as uh, we grow the show over time. Um, for Anybody that wants to check you out more, learn more about you, get in touch with you, can you just tell us uh, how they go about doing that? Yeah, um, you can look us up on Facebook, Cash Setters, our page, uh, Instagram as well. Um, we got our website if you want to read about us. It's uh, cashsetters.com. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Cool. Awesome. Very cool. So, all right, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, uh, we'll be talking to you uh, real soon. You know that. Uh, well, yep. thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, so this is Setter Talk. I'm your host, Kyle Warren. And until next time, give your setter a scratch on the head for me and have a great day. <laughs>